2022 is almost over, so let's talk about 2023 in this never-ending entertainment cycle right now. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle. It's New Year's Eve, which means it's time to stop looking backwards at what just happened and start looking forward to a new year. And there is a lot of great entertainment coming. Now this is an extensive preview of 2023, but it's not going to cover everything. Some things are gonna move off of the schedule completely. I'm gonna talk about movies or shows that may not actually come out this year. And there will always be things that I don't know about yet that nobody really knows about yet that either aren't on the schedule or are sleeper hits or that I just didn't include for some reason. So there are gonna be a lot of things that you're going to see here, but this is by no means a comprehensive listing of everything. That would be almost impossible. Still though, this is a lot of what we have to look forward to in the year coming up. So let's preview 2023 and we will start in the month of January in just a couple of weeks on HBO and HBO Max. The streaming adaptation of The Last of Us will drop. Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey star in the series adaptation of the beloved video game. I got stuck behind some crates and stopped playing it several years ago, but I've heard that it is both a great game and one that is going to rip your heart out and I know that a lot of people are expecting the same from this show. On January 27th hitting Netflix is a new comedy called You People which is written by Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris and directed by Kenya Barris. The movie stars Jonah Hill alongside Eddie Murphy, Neil Long, David Duchovny and Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Hill plays a man who wants to marry into Eddie Murphy's family. The trailer that did drop looks pretty awkward and Eddie Murphy still has the talent so I think this has some real potential. M. Night Shyamalan returns on February third for his latest film knock at the cabin although he doesn't receive sole screenplay credit this time as he did for old that is probably a good thing dave batista jonathan groff and rupert grint star in the movie which is about a family in a cabin and then there's a knock knock at the cabin that's that's what the movie's about you never know what you're going to get with an m night Shyamalan film and i don't really know what we're going to get here but i'll definitely be there to see it Dropping on February 10th, just in time for Valentine's Day, Magic Mike's Last Dance. That's right, Magic Mike is back, and so is Steven Soderbergh, who's directing the final film in what appears to be an unlikely trilogy. Magic Mike is going to London to train some new dancers. He's having a romance with Salma Hayek. What's not to like with this last dance? Also on February 10th, Titanic is coming back into theaters in 4K, 3D, HDR, and other letters. I imagine that this would have been in theaters for the movie's 25th anniversary proper if another James Cameron movie wasn't already playing. This is the second major 3D release of Titanic, but the first in 4K resolution. This is a very big movie for me when I was growing up, and you'll hear about that in a video that I'm doing next week tied uh, to my birthday. So this is another thing. I, I know it's three hours and 15 minutes, but I I'll probably go check this out. On February 15th, currently for a one-night-only engagement is the film Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which is a showcase of the wonders of the public domain. Basically, the Winnie the Pooh characters fell into public domain a couple of years ago, and some people decided to make a horror movie about Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore and all of the people in the Hundred Acre Wood. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a low-budget slasher movie that, let's be honest, is probably not going to be very good, but good job on wasting very little time pouncing on this public domain thing like Tigger, curiosity may just get the best of me here and I might have to check out Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. On February 16th, the third season of Star Trek Picard drops. I hated the second season of this show. It was actually my best performing video, not just last year, but I think of all time. And I was dreading this third season, but I've recently had some reason to believe that perhaps 
this show might be able to kind of turn it around in season three. You have the original Next Generation cast returning, Hope Springs Eternal, and I'm looking forward to talking a lot more about the show later this year when it debuts because I, I don't know. I I think they might have been able to do something here. On February 17th, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania officially kicks off Marvel Phase 5. The latest ant-sized adventure seems to serve as a proper introduction to Kang, this phase's big bad. We have the whole gang back, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Evangeline Lilly, Paul Rudd, plus we have Jonathan Majors as Kang. Bill Murray's in there somewhere. I really like the first Ant-Man movie. I was kind of eh on the second one, but it seems like Ant-Man has now been kind of co-opted in the way that Captain America was with Civil War to just be a building block in this next phase and with the introduction of Kang it looks like this is going to be pretty vital to this next phase of the MCU. On February 24th is a movie with another high possibility of being horrible but extra points for originality. Cocaine Bear. It's about a bear that's high on cocaine. There's really not much more to say than that. Could be like Snakes on a Plane where the title's the best part but if you make a movie called Cocaine Bear about a bear that's high on cocaine it's pretty likely that I'm going to be watching it. March 1st currently sees the debut of season three of The Mandalorian, although it feels like it should be season 3.5 or maybe The Book of Boba Fett was season 2.5 because the events really kicked off in a different show. I've liked the majority of what we've seen in The Mandalorian over the years. Andor was a fantastic show, my favorite Disney Plus Star Wars show before, so I'm hoping that they can play the hot hand as we see even more of what Little Grogu and The Mandalorian are up to. On March 3rd, Creed 3 hits theaters. It is the third Creed film, the first without Sylvester Stallone's Rocky or Sylvester Stallone involved. So we will see if this franchise can fully fly now. Jonathan Majors is going to have a big first quarter of 2023 because he's also in this movie. So we could see in the span of one calendar month, Jonathan Majors being in potentially the top two movies. On March 10th, we get Scream 6 because apparently the Scream franchise is trying to be just as confusing as the Fast franchise with its numbering. This installment takes place in New York City because when has a horror franchise ever gone wrong by going to New York? It's a pretty abysmal track record, but I really did like that last Scream movie, so I'm going to give this one the benefit of the doubt. Also on March 10th is a small movie I'd never heard of called Inside. Bo Burnham does not star in this one, but it has kind of a similar premise. Willem Dafoe plays an art thief who's locked alone in a vault, and then it looks like it's basically a one-man show with Willem Dafoe like kind of going crazy, alone, losing his mind. Yeah, sign me up for this one. On March 17th is another movie that you can sign me up for. It's called 65. The movie's produced by Sam Raimi, and I'll just give you the log line. Adam Driver time travels to the past and fights dinosaurs. That's it. That's all I need to know. I'll see you in March for 65. Opening that same day, at least as of right now, is a movie that was supposed to open on Christmas, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I really don't know how these final legacy DC Universe movies are going to do, but I really like the first Shazam! movie, and I like Zachary Levi as the character. If this is his final go-round, then I think that it'll be a really sad loss in the name of rebuilding, but there are a few DC Universe films that we'll talk about later that are kind of lame ducks, it appears, that aren't really going to tie into something bigger. This is one of the big box office stories of 2023. How do they do? Are people still connected to those characters? Or is the fact that none of them are really going to be building into a universe, or at least so it seems, going to affect their box office performance? On March 24th, John Wick Chapter 4 hits theaters. The goodwill for Keanu Reeves and for the first three movies, really the first two movies, is pretty much all that's keeping me on board at this point. I had hoped that the last film would be the close of this franchise, but John Wick's going to keep on wicking. As long as they keep delivering great action, I'll be happy. 
I really think the storyline at this point has been stretched beyond absurdity. But I love the action in these movies and I like Keanu Reeves, so why not? On March 31st is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I don't really know what to make of this one. They cut a pretty good trailer and Chris Pine is now moving up the Chris list after being underrated for years. This is the kind of movie though that has failed many, many times before, both creatively and financially. The writer-directors John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein have done some pretty solid work in the past and some that's not so great. I'm going to give this one the benefit of the doubt, but don't be surprised if this is one of the higher profile movies to lose money because it's tough to break out of what some see as a niche market sometimes. The next week on April 7th is the Super Mario Brothers movie. I think I can confidently say that this Super Mario movie will not be worse than the one that we already have, and it looks incredible. I love the animation on this film. I'm not quite sure about Chris Pratt. The Mario voice is fine. I'm not offended by it, but we'll see how it sustains over the course of an entire film. But I thought that not doing animated films based on Nintendo games has just been leaving money on the table for a while now, and I actually kind of hope that this movie is really good not only because I just want to see a good movie, but because I want to see an animated Nintendo universe. I think I pitched one on Movie Fights years ago. This could be a potential billion-dollar blockbuster on top of a billion-dollar blockbuster, and it all starts here. Let's hope they don't screw it up. On April 14th, currently, is a movie called Renfield. Again, this is the logline, Nicolas Cage is Dracula. That's it. I mean, that's not it. Chris McKay is also directing the movie. Nicholas Holt plays Renfield. And of course, Nicholas Cage plays Dracula. If I could have bought my ticket to this movie, I already would have because with Nicholas Cage, it's one of two things, either a surprisingly good movie or an absolute train wreck. Also on April 14th is Suzume, which is already a big hit in Japan. It's the latest anime film from director Makoto Shinkai, who had international hits with Your Name and Weathering With You. A few years ago, this really wouldn't have been on my radar, but anime has really been expanding its profile, I think largely because of streaming worldwide. And so these are now becoming big theatrical events and having caught up with Your Name, and I want to go back and see Weathering With You as well before this movie comes out. This is on my list. I will definitely be checking this out theatrically and I love that animation from Japan is increasingly popular here. On April 24th, we have Evil Dead Rise. This is officially being treated as part of the Evil Dead franchise, but has no apparent character ties to the previous film. Director Lee Cronin takes the helm along with screenplay duties. Sam Raimi reportedly personally chose Lee Cronin, but he is not directly involved as a writer or producer. Raimi and Bruce Campbell will instead serve as executive producers. Does that name still have cachet? The TV show did okay. We'll see how it does in theaters. It was originally, by the way, supposed to go straight to HBO Max, but because of the change in strategy, it will now be a theatrical film. On April 28th is the adaptation of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, written by Judy Bloom. The director of this movie, Kelly Freeman Craig, made a fantastic film back in 2016 called Edge of 17, starring Haley Steinfeld. So it would kind of make sense that she would go on to this source material. It's often a controversial book for reasons both, well, mostly dumb. Rachel McAdams and Abby Ryder Fortson star. So this could be an interesting buildup into the summer movie season. Also on April 28th currently is a movie called Paint, which I don't know much about other than that Owen Wilson basically plays Bob Ross, who finds himself in competition with a younger painter at a public access network. Sold. I'm there. Don't need to know anymore. Also currently dated for April 28th, it's a big day, I think we're going to see some of this stuff move, is a currently untitled George Foreman biopic starring Atlantis Chris Davis as George Foreman and Forrest Whitaker as his trainer. Not a lot is known about this movie. Sony just shifted its release date 
to late April, so we'll see if all of those other movies stick. The first weekend in May starts the new summer season because summer starts in spring now with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, James Gunn's trilogy capper. It's in what I call the Marvel spot this year. I loved the first movie. I loved parts of the second Guardians of the Galaxy film, and it looks like James Gunn is going for heavy emotion in what may well also be his swan song for Marvel as he takes over the DC universe. I think this movie has the potential to be a massive box office hit if it includes all of that emotion and we get that storyline conclusion for the Guardians that it appears that we're getting. On May 12th, just in time for Mother's Day, is Book Club the next chapter, the perfect time to launch the sequel to 2018's Book Club, which brought in over $100 million worldwide. It was a real sleeper hit that summer. Mary Steenburgen, Candice Bergen, Jane Fonda, and Diane Keaton reassemble like the AARP Avengers to provide some nice counter-programming early in the summer season. On May 19th, we get Fast X. Yes, the Fast Saga kinda sorta maybe starts coming to a close in a movie that has a reported $350 million budget. You know the drill, cars, family, grunting, Vin Diesel, but no Dwayne Johnson because due to the highly public beef between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, apparently this will not be a film that features The Rock. Louis Leterrier takes over directing duties and Jason Momoa, Brie Larson, and Alan Richson join the crew, among others. On May 26th for the Memorial Day weekend, The Little Mermaid hits theaters, the latest live action remake from Disney of one of their animated films. Halle Bailey plays Ariel and Melissa McCarthy is Ursula. I'm upset about one of those casting choices and I'll give you a hint, it's not Halle Bailey. Veteran Disney director Rob Marshall returns to direct this movie and uh yeah it's it's the little mermaid you know what it is kicking off june is spider-man across the spider-verse the original movie was my number one pick when i ranked all the spider-man movies here on the channel last year one of those rare movies that did actually find its audience over time spider-man 2099 is there it looks great i love the first movie i know that it's a tall order to live up to that first film but even if it's half as entertaining as Into the Spider-Verse, we're still going to have a really, really fun movie. On June 9th, Transformers Rise of the Beasts hits theaters. I'm at a real crossroads here because I hated every modern Transformers film with the exception of maybe the first one, but I liked Bumblebee, which was set in the 80s. This one is in the middle of those two. It's set in the 90s, starring Anthony Ramos, Michelle Yeoh, Peter Dinklage, Ron Perlman, and others who join the brigade of people that we already know. We see a bunch of new animal Transformers along with some old favorites. There are names for them that Transformers people know. Stephen Caple Jr. takes over as director. He's never done a Transformers movie before, and I dug Creed too. None of the writers have ever written a Transformers movie before which I take as a huge positive. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I never really know what I'm going to feel about a Transformers movie, but I'm hoping this one isn't dog crap. And we're just going to go from there. On June 16th, Pixar returns with its first original film to hit theaters since Onward in 2020. It's called Elemental. Not a lot is known about the movie, but it seems to be a romance between fire and water. And is directed by Pixar veteran Peter Sohn, who helmed 2015's The Good Dinosaur. Also on June 16th, allegedly, as of now, is the DC film The Flash. But it's gone from the promise of a roadmap to the DC Universe's future to the glimpse of a future that may not come to pass. I'm a Michael Keaton Batman stan, so I'm just going to focus on that for this movie with the sad knowledge that I may not be getting more after it. You have to think that this movie or Elemental is going to move from that June 16th date, but maybe they want to go head-to-head -head because June 16th is also getting crowded. Wes Anderson's Asteroid City has also staked a 
claim for that date. The usual gang is there, plus Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Carell, Hong Chow, and more. It takes place at a convention for young astronomers, and it looks like it wants to be the art house counter-programming to all of the other stuff going on in the bigger theaters. But yeah, Elemental, The Flash, and Asteroid City all on June 16th? Uh, I'm not so sure. On June 30th, Indiana Jones returns in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's Harrison Ford's last go-round as Indy and the first Indiana Jones film without Steven Spielberg at the helm. James Mangold is taking over the director's chair. Half the internet already hates this movie, but I will always be hopeful that we're going to get another great Indiana Jones adventure, even though I was let down by Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But still, I don't pre-hate it, which I guess puts me in the favorable camp. On July 7th, Insidious returns with the fifth film in the franchise. Patrick Wilson is not only back to star in the movie, but is also directing it, which picks up the story of the Lambert family, which was featured in the first two movies. Lee Winnell provides the story with Scott Teams writing the screenplay. On June 14th, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, man, that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Hits theaters. Tom Cruise is determined to maim himself for our amusement. So if he's going to do it anyway, I, I guess we may as well watch. This is our first multi-part film in the franchise with Christopher McQuarrie returning to direct. Cruise has been doing James Bond better than James Bond for the better part of a decade, so I'm going to go into this with the anticipation that I would have for a new James Bond movie. I've loved the recent Mission Impossible films. On July 21st, Barbie hits theaters. Margot Robbie is contractually obligated to appear in three films a month, apparently, but Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie has some extra buzz thanks to the pictures we've already seen of Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken. I don't know what the hell this movie is. Greta Gerwig's directing it. She co-wrote it alongside Noah Baumbach, but it's got the potential to be either great or an absolute disaster, which can be pretty entertaining either way. Also on July 21st is the most hilarious box office matchup of the year, Barbie versus Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, starring Killian Murphy as the father of the atomic bomb and pretty much everybody else in Hollywood in a supporting role. Christopher Nolan's been a little hit and miss for me in recent years, but he is always a director who I will make it a point to see his latest film in theaters. The trailers look pretty good. I like the subject matter. Listen, if I can sit through Tenet wearing a K95 mask and gloves, I can sit through Oppenheimer, whether it's good or bad. And I'm always looking forward to a new Chris Nolan film because he is always pushing the boundaries of what you can do, even if he doesn't always succeed. Wrapping up July on July 28th is The Marvels, the third MCU film of the year, which will unite Brie Larson's Captain Marvel and Iman Vellani's Ms. Marvel, along with Tiana Paris's Monica Rambeau. I liked Ms. Marvel the show more than I actually liked Captain Marvel the movie, so I'm looking forward to this in the sense that I like Amon Vellani's character, and I think that there's potential there with Brie Larson, who I like very much as an actress. Nia DaCosta's directing this movie. I really dug her work on 2021's Candyman. Again, I think more than half the internet already hates this movie, but I'm going to go in with an open mind because I think that you could really get something good here, or... Maybe not. Kicking off August is the Meg 2, The Trench. Jason Statham is back as are one or more giant sharks in the sequel to 2018's The Meg, which did over half a billion worldwide. Not much is known about the plot, but it's going to be stupid. I mean, you know that it's going to be. And it's a feature, not a bug. Also currently scheduled for August 4th is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is a new animated Ninja Turtles movie. Seth Rogen is producing the film, and that's about all we know, but I would expect that it would probably be in the vein of the original 80s cartoon, so another attempted comeback for the Turtles. 
On August 11th is a film called Challengers from Luca Guadagnino. It stars Zendaya as a pro tennis player competing against former friends turned rivals. And as I mentioned, it stars Zendaya. So you're going to hear a lot about this movie. On August 11th, the same day as Challengers is on the schedule, is Gran Turismo from director Neil Blomkamp, of all people. He's releasing an adaptation of the video game series Gran Turismo, starring David Harbour and Orlando Bloom. Uh, Yeah, sure, why not? Also, also, also on August 11th, some of these movies are going to move, is Haunted Mansion, Disney's second attempt at a live-action adaptation of the beloved Haunted Mansion ride from Dear White People director Justin Simeon, starring a Amongst others, Jared Leto, Jamie Lee Curtis, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, and Tiffany Haddish. I believe the cast of Haunted Mansion is exclusively made up of people who were not able to get a role in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. So between those two movies, the entirety of Hollywood will be on screen this summer. Opening on August 18th, unless somebody gives David Zaslav the wrong kind of look in the hallway, is Blue Beetle, the long-in-development live-action Blue Beetle film that caps off the summer. Cobra Kai's Sholo Mare Duena stars as Blue Beetle. Tough break there with direction from Charm City Kings director Angel Manuel Soto. I hope that Sholo Mare Duena, if he does a great job in this role, is able to continue it on in some form in the DC Universe, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. As we head into Labor Day, currently on September 1st, Denzel Washington is returning as star for a third Equalizer film called The Equalizer 3. On September 8th is a movie that is a sequel to maybe my least favorite horror movie of all time, or at least one of them, The Nun. The Nun 2 opens on September 8th from director Michael Chavez, who did The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I liked that movie all right, so maybe I'll like this one. On September 15th, although I don't know if this is going to stick there, is A Haunting in Venice. Kenneth Branagh is taking a third turn as Detective Hercule Poirot with Michelle Yeoh, Tina Fey, and Jamie Dornan amongst the mystery gang. There's no word on how much champagne will be on hand for this movie or if it could fill the Nile or if it's actually going to open on this date. I don't know if it is. Currently on the schedule for September 22nd is The Expendables 4. The only thing in this movie that really intrigues me is the casting of Ika Uwe as the main villain, although explain to me how he's not just going to kick a hole through the middle of 77-year-old Sylvester Stallone. 50 Cent, Megan Fox, Tony Jaa, and Andy Garcia also join the cast for this film. On September 22nd also is Taika Waititi's latest film called Next Goal Wins. It's a sports comedy about the football team that would be soccer from American Samoa, which was at one point called the worst football team in the world. Michael Fassbender plays the coach who's asked to whip them into shape, and the movie also co-stars Will Arnett and Elizabeth Moss. The movie, by the way, is based on a true story, and a documentary was made of the same name. I will believe this one when I see it, but on October 6th, the long-in-development Craven the Hunter film is scheduled to be released from Triple Frontier director J.C. Shandor. Aaron Taylor Johnson is in the lead role and Russell Crowe is co-starring. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm not so sure this movie's ever going to see the light of day, but you know, maybe it'll be a Morbius. Well, Hopefully it'll be better than a Morbius. On the schedule for October 13th is a new film in the Exorcist series. Having wrapped up doing whatever he did to Halloween, David Gordon Green is now set to start a new series of Exorcist films for Blumhouse. That same day, as if to combat the forces of evil with cuteness, Paw Patrol the Mighty Movie is scheduled to open. After a hybrid release for the first film, it is set to return exclusively to theaters, or at least as of right now. On October 28th, right before Halloween, is Saw X or Saw 10, so we get Fast X and Saw X the same year. 
Audiences stopped wanting Saw movies about a decade ago, but boy, do they keep making them. On November 3rd is Dune Part 2. Warner Brothers should probably prepare to lose even more money on a great movie, with all the key cast and crew returning, plus new additions Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Leia Sidhu, and Christopher Walken. I loved the first Dune movie, one of my favorite movies of 2021, and one that I have revisited a few times. I read the book, and I will just say that I hope that this movie is able to improve on elements of the book now that I know the entire story. On November 17th, just in time for Thanksgiving, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Again, that title just rolls off the tongue. Francis Lawrence returns to direct this prequel movie about a young President Snow starring Tom Blythe, Rachel Zegler, Viola Davis, Peter Dinklage, and Jason Schwartzman. I wonder if we find out why they were hungry. And no, please, Hunger Games fans, don't. I know I know that there's a reason why. It's, it's a joke. It's a, it's a pun. It's based on the hungry thing. Hungry... Anyway, let's move on. Also currently scheduled for November 17th is Trolls 3. Trolls World Tour was one of the first movies to debut on streaming during COVID, and it worked out so well that Universal is sending the third movie back to theaters. I don't really know anything about this movie, but I will predict that it will produce a top 10 hit that is both catchy and annoying. Disney's hoping that their Thanksgiving fortunes turn around with their new animated film, Wish, on November 22nd, opening in the exact same spot where Strange World opened this past year. Although Wish has Frozen writers Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee on board, so that's good news. Every plot description I can find just says the word Wish five times, but we do know that Oscar winner Ariana DeBose voices the main character, and Alan Tudyk voices her sidekick, who is a tiny little goat. Did you ever get a gift that you didn't ask for and you're not really sure that you want? Well, on December 15th, Wonka, the young Willy Wonka movie starring Timothy Chalamet hits theaters, even though Timothy Chalamet will still hopefully be on the deserts of Arrakis fighting. Uh, yeah, I, I think this movie could be awful or maybe great. I don't know. At this point, I'm just kind of numb to the over-franchising thing. Sure, bring it on. Surprise me. Do your best. Currently on the schedule for December 20th is the film adaptation of the musical adaptation of Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple, which was a multiple Oscar nominee when it was released. Blitz Bazwule, director of Beyonce's Black is King, looks to replicate the original film's awards achievement with this adaptation of the musical starring Halle Bailey, Fantasia Barino, Taraji P. Henson, and Corey Hawkins, among others. Steven Spielberg, Quincy Jones, and Oprah are listed as producers, not executive producers, so they will perhaps be hands-on in the development and production of this movie. Also currently on the schedule for December 20th is a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife with Gil Keenan set to direct. Ghostbusters Afterlife is a movie that I quite enjoyed and I'm hoping to see this franchise evolve from what I thought was a solid start. Also currently on the schedule for next December 22nd, Illumination has an animated film about a family of ducks just in time for Christmas. On Christmas Day currently, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is set to release in what may well be the swan song for the DC Universe as we know it. Jason Momoa returns as Aquaman five years after the first film banked over a billion dollars globally. James Wan returns to direct along with all, yes, all of the original cast members returning in some capacity. So I know that sounds like a lot of stuff, but there are actually several other notable projects that are currently scheduled to be released in 2023, but don't yet have exact release dates. Here's a rundown of some of them. Ari Aster, director of Midsommar and Hereditary, has a new movie starring Joaquin Phoenix called Bo is Afraid. Ari Aster claims that it will be four hours long. 
I don't really care. It's an Ari Aster movie, so I'm going to go see it. Henry Cavill returns to the spy game with a buzz cut and a prosthetic square jaw in the Matthew Vaughn spy thriller Argyle for Apple TV+, co-starring Brian Cranston, Ariana DeBose, Sam Rockwell, Dua Lipa, and Samuel L. Jackson. Succession Season 4 is scheduled to debut sometime in spring 2023. Maestro, directed by and starring Bradley Cooper as legendary composer Leonard Bernstein, will probably be out in the last part of the year, but Cooper's really going for that Oscar. David Fincher returns with a new film in 2023 called The Killer, starring Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton. This reunites Fincher with his seventh screenwriter, Andrew Kevin Walker. A movie that was delayed from this year is Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. The debut is speculated to be sometime in May or June, following a debut for the movie at the Cannes Film Festival. Ridley Scott is also returning with a Napoleon movie starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. So Joaquin Phoenix involved with a lot of very interesting film projects currently. The latest Zack Snyder film for Netflix entitled Rebel Moon is largely expected to hit the streaming service sometime in 2023 or perhaps early 2024. Legally Blonde 3 is also currently in development and is TBD for 2023, although I have a very low degree of confidence that that movie is actually going to happen. There's the third film in the Ty West Mia Goth X Pearl trilogy. It's called Maxine and it follows Goth's surviving character from X to the LA porn scene. So we are continuing that X story with a third film. There is supposedly a fourth Beverly Hills Cop movie called Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley that will be hitting Netflix in 2023. Although I think that it's likely that this may be pushed to 2024. A second extraction movie is tentatively scheduled for Netflix in 2023. Also currently in production with an expected holiday release date next year is Red One. It's a holiday action movie with The Rock, Chris Evans, and J.K. Simmons is Santa Claus. Color me interested. Marvel Studios, of course, is dropping a lot on the streaming front. What If Season 2, Secret Invasion, Loki Season 2, Ironheart, Echo, Agatha Coven of Chaos, and then the non-MCU-related X-Men 97 are all expected to debut on Disney Plus next year. The Witcher Season 3, the last season starring Henry Cavill as The Witcher, will be hitting Netflix in summer 2023, as well as the live-action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender, scheduled to hit Netflix at some point in 2023. The Crown will be dropping its final season on Netflix next year, and then Ted Lasso Season 3 also has a TBD air date in 2023. And that really is just, well, I won't say scratching the surface, but as I mentioned, there's so much more in 2023 that I'm sure I didn't mention that's going to get shuffled around. Of everything that I talked about, what are the things that you're looking forward to the most? Is there something that I mentioned that you're excited about? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, stay tuned here on the channel. I'll be back very soon with more movie news, reviews, box office, and more. Until next time, have a very happy and safe new year, and I will see you in 2023. Bye.